Now, when this or swingers-esque um, storyline played out on the OC, which is, of course, my main frame of reference here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shock. It's always a question of communication first here and let's talk about sex. <laughs> Who knew we were going to say that? <laughs> Come on. Let's talk about sex. Now, we're back on Let's Talk About Sex. It's a brand new week, brand new topic. And today we're talking about something that we haven't had the chance ever really to talk about, but maybe we thought we did. Don't you think, Tanya? I, you know, I'm finding it weird that we're some 90 episodes in and we're finding all these really cool things. There's still a lot to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> we are, of course, talking about swinging. A word I think many are familiar with in pop culture, maybe have some preconceived ideas about how it operates and works. So we're going to debunk some myths and just chit-chat about how swinging works, right, Tanya? Yeah, we are indeed. I think most people think about swinging as like a, the 1970s, three car keys in the middle of the room kind of yeah. deal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> totally. A lot, of, a lot of jokes about that in, in common parlance. But um, swinging, it's it's a lifestyle. I love a lot of people in the swinging community call it the lifestyle and we'll mm. hear a bit about as we go on but it, it's basically non-monogamy where there, there there can be sexual relations outside an established couple but the couple are romantically monogamous and they are um, erotically non-monogamous right so they tend to refrain from romantic attachments outside their partnership uh, and that's that sort of stands them apart from people practicing polyamory um, but they do do things together, so that sort of makes them a little less open than some people doing open for solo adventures, right? So the takeaway message, I think, is that swingers often engage in sexual activity as a couple. And then because they're centering the couple, the experiences with other people tend to maybe occur only once or they're they're temporary or casual, right? They're commitment-free and they're non-romantic. That's the big words. So, yeah, so I think uh, the majority of swingers would consider themselves emotionally monogamous and they view sex outside the relationship as quite different to sex inside the relationship. And what's the difference between swinging versus regular, like, sex with multiple people at the same time or group sex? Yeah. I think, you know, when you're thinking about somebody identifying as a swinger, it's about it's the context in which they practice their non-monogamy. So, again, it's a bit social. But um, swingers have got very specific rules and etiquette. There's spoken and unspoken things that happen in clubs and events, and it's very geared towards the couple as a unit uh, and the emphasis always being on couples. So often when people are running events, if you get a name tag, you'll get your name and your partner's name on the name tag. It's kind of interesting that. Um but and usually the only singles that are allowed in swinger spaces are women. So I think that's a bit of a problematic double standard at work because women are encouraged to be sexual with other women, but male eroticism and sex can often be taboo in that community. It's starting to change. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that if, as we queer some of the questions up later. But um, I think when swingers are talking about sex, they usually mean heteronormative intercourse. So group sex, it can be part of swinging, but folks who, you know, when there's group sex scenes, there are folks who are not swingers who also attend those events. When you're looking at swingers, it's really only a small percent 
of um, swingers that have group sex on a regular basis. There's there's all kinds of different ways that you can swing, right? There's soft swinging where you've got two couples having sex in the same room. So they're with each other, but they're not interacting with the other couple. They're just there. Um, you can swing with one. So you invite another, most often a woman. I think the term we like to use is unicorn um, to play with a couple. Um, you can swing with another couple. And this tends to be what happens in the community that most couples primarily have sex with other couples, uh, but that can be um, tricky if your partner, if you and your partner have different tastes in sex to try and find another couple that might be compatible and simpatico. Then you've got the group swinging. And then some people are social swingers. Yeah, They're um, attracted to the community and the clubs for fun and for the sort of open social atmosphere and less for the sex. They might have sex with others occasionally, but not really. It's more about, I like the lifestyle. Yeah, right. right. And you'll you'll hear this the lifestyle all the time in the swingers community. It's quite funny. Now, when this or swingers esque um, storyline played out on the OC, which is of course my main frame of reference here. (laughs) (laughs) Who was swinging? Sandy and Kirsten kind of appeared to be in a bit of a like marital rut and not you know a very tumultuous or crisis point in their relationship with each other but they thought that they maybe needed something to kind of zhuzh things up a little bit what do you think tanya attracts people to swinging (laughs) do you know i think it's the fact that um they're having adventures outside of their relationship but with their partner so it it's a way to kind of have your cake and eat it too uh, and lots of people describe it as enhancing their their own sex life. Um, I found a really nice quote when I was doing a bit of research for this where, where someone had said, um, you know, sex with other couples causes us to be more intimate with each other. It helps me communicate more openly with my partner and be able to dig into my feelings, which is something that's always been hard for me to do. So after going to parties and having sex with others, we have each other, the sex we have with each other is really intimate and amazing. Now, say someone listening is thinking about having the conversation with their partner to just kind of see if they might be interested or considering taking on swinging as an adventure. What advice would you give to someone telling their partner that they'd like to try swinging? Fantastic. Good question. I always like the questions about how would you go about this with your partner? Because it can be really tricky to bring up these things. And it is talking about being non-monogamous, which for a lot of folks are like, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? You're suggesting going outside the relationship. And the answer can be absolutely nothing wrong with you. You know, it's more looking for adventure or experiences. So I think as with any new idea, have a think about why you want to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to negotiate for something if you don't know why you want to do it. If your partner's mm-hmm. like, why and what and what's happening? And you're like, well, um, and you, you don't have some ideas about that, it's going to be tricky to talk about. And it's also good for you to know why you want to do something, particularly when there's other folks involved. So speak your wish and then take time to listen to your partner. I think that's really important. If there's if they're going, oh my goodness, because often the knee-jerk reaction from folks for anything to do with opening a relationship can be no, or what's wrong with me. So have a little bit of time for that to come out and then look at the concerns or objections that you and your partner may have together. Um, listen to people's no if there is one. 
but you can talk about things. So that, you know, that particular question is, I'm not enough. That's a couple of conversations for folks. It's not that you are enough. You're fantastic. I just want us to have adventures. And this swinging thing looks great because we can do it together if you're up for it. Right. So it's, it's talking through why you might want to do it and how, how to keep each other safe in that as well. So like if we were to do it, this is just a hypothetical, how I think I would like to approach it is to do X, Y, Z to make sure that we're good and we're sound and how we look after each other would look like this. Mm. Talk it through. Well, that leads me to my next question. I think there's maybe a bit of a like perception or stereotype in some ways that to take on swinging you've kind of got to be a quote-unquote freak in the sheets or like ready to be super kinky is that the case do you reckon in most um instances no in fact i think it's the opposite with swinging in the just traveling around doing a bit of research for this and it made me think about the clients that i've had because i've had, I've had quite a few clients that are into this um for, it seems to be all about focusing on the couple and erotic engagement outside, but it seems to be very heteronormative and focused on P and V sex. There seems to be way less adventurousness. And um, some of the stuff that I was reading actually kind of inferred that the swinger community were sexually quite conservative. Yeah, right. So, no, I don't think you need to be a freak in the sheets. I think people make all these assumptions, but uh, no, not at all. It's not all orgies as people think. We've been chatting a bit about swinging, what it is, um, how it works for some couples or in the way that they want to, you know, explore swinging in their relationship. And say you've had the conversation and you're going to set some boundaries with your partner or some points to discuss before you, you know, completely dive headfirst into swinging. What are some starting points you reckon um, anyone listening should consider in having this conversation? I think always, you know, the, the anxious questions and like an anxious question for me starts with what if, you know, what if this happens? What if that happens? And we worry because we don't know the answer to the what if. So how about sitting down and talking about all those what if questions that come up? So what if you or I get jealous? What if one of us wants to stop? What if somebody wants to date one of us? What about safer sex? What boundaries will we have? You know, what's okay and what's not okay? Right, so talking through those things, so, you know, the last thing you want is surprises, I think, when people open relationships up. And a lot of people come to me very excited and like, we're going to do this. Yeah, let's go. And they're chomping at the bit to go out and have adventures. I'm like, yeah, slow down a little bit. Let's talk about all of the things that may or may not go well. Because if you have an idea about that, you're going to be better equipped to deal with any surprises you might get along the way. Yeah, I mean, shock. It's always a question of communication first here and let's talk about sex. <laughs> Who knew we were going to say that? <laughs> <laughs> now, um, do you think, Tanya, swinging between partners, we've talked a bit about it being, you know, as actually being a way for people in a couple to connect deeper with each other um, and that it is in many ways considered to be just sex. It's nothing to do with, like, the other elements of a relationship in terms of like the emotional sense. Yeah. Yeah. If someone wants to still be romantically exclusive with their partner, but they've both consented to, you know, taking on swinging as an activity they're going to share together. Are there any ways to avoid, to avoid that like gray area of emotional entanglement? Oh, it's a big question, isn't it? <laughs> I think 
it, you know, I think people know when they enter into it that swinging's about romantic monogamy and sexual non-monogamy. However, you know, when you get naked with people, things happen. So I think it's um, it's important to keep the focus on other partners being casual and not ongoing. That seems to be the key to keeping the exclusivity in the relationship and keeping things in there. Uh, and keeping things outside the relationship, sex only. It's kind of like sport, not emotional con- connection. But that said, you know, it's quite easy when you get naked with people to cop the feels. So I think that's why people tend to keep it casual, low-key, not too much, uh, and move on, rather than doing things that could lead to a more polyamorous kind of situation where somebody's, like, very excited and wanting to engage more because that then starts to go into more tricky territory for those who are swinging. Mm. And then say, you know, beyond the, like, romantic emotional entanglement how can you cope or deal with any like unexpected feelings of jealousy should they come up uh jealousy will come up i think if you're going to do anything outside of your relationship no matter what the context jealousy is going to show up right so and i always i'm known for saying this that jealousy happens for one of two reasons either there's a legitimate threat to your relationship so your body's going pay attention this person or this situation is threatening to our our relationship and our couple's sanctity. So address whatever's causing that feeling. But more than likely with jealousy, you're going to run into yourself or your own insecurities. That's really tricky for people because in those situations when we're not feeling good, we tend to spray everybody else and blame everybody else. And you're doing this, you're making me feel like this, where it's more like, huh? I'm feeling a bit uneasy or I'm not really enjoying this right now. Let me just have a little look internally with what is going on for me, right? That's so hard to have that level of emotional honesty with yourself. That's why I always think that people who are practicing non-monogamy are doing very adult relating because they need to know themselves. They need to know themselves well and they need to be in tune when they do run into themselves or in insecurity. Mm. Yeah. So if it is like that, then it's open, honest talking. Okay. I'm feeling like this, you know, for some folks, it might be, if you go and have sex with that person over there, I don't have a care in the world, but if it's that other one, all of a sudden I'm jealous. I don't know why, but I'm letting you know. And how can we work on this together? So talking to the partner and it's like, maybe I need you to tell me less about that person, or maybe I need you to tell me more about that person or maybe I just need to let you know that that person makes me nervous. And I think that that's, you know, it might be a childhood thing or it might just be I feel like they're more handsome than me or more pretty than me or more sexy than me, whatever. Um, talk it out within the, the relationship because usually people are like, no, I don't want to do anything that's not going to make you feel good and and talk that through. What happens if you are starting to feel uncomfortable or thinking, maybe I'm not 100% sure on this midway through a swinging adventure. Oh, yeah, don't you like that? It's like, no, we're good, we're good. It's funny because I find often the person who suggested the swinging will get to a club and their partner is going, yes, we talked this through and I'm into this and I'm having fun. And the original suggester is like, I'm not sure I'm having a good time here because it's it's quite confronting. It can feel very, very different to what you thought it might. So I'm thinking if you feel uncomfortable, stop. 
as with anything, if you're not enjoying it or if you don't feel safe or if you're experiencing pain or if you've literally just had enough, then it's totally okay to stop, right? It doesn't matter if other folk are disappointed. This is about your self-care, right? So it could be, you know, people might be like, oh, but you're so cute or I want to play or we said we were going to do this. And it's like, yes, yes, we did. But now I'm feeling like I need to stop. Yeah, I can change my mind, which is what many people don't realise can happen with consent. It's not final. (laughs) Absolutely. One of my life mottos is the marvellous thing about a plan is you can always change it. (laughs) (laughs) Big question now when it comes to swinging. Do you have to engage in penetrative sex or is it possible to not? Like, do you think different types of swingers or other swingers might judge someone if they didn't want to necessarily um, participate in certain types of sex acts? Yeah, this is an excellent question. When I saw the questions for this segment from Amber, shout out to Amber, our producer, thank you for the questions. I went, "Mm, what is this question about? And then as I was doing the research, I saw a whole bunch of stuff that when swingers are talking about sex, they usually mean intercourse. It's usually all about the PNV, right? So I do think that from coming from the older school that most swingers tend to be sexually conservative, um, you know, and then, you know, they're okay for, for females to be included but not male-on-male action. Um, but I'm thinking again, you know, about how swingers are non-monogamous when they're swinging, uh, it's a different way of being open and it's what they know within the couple relationship. If you are out swinging and you don't want to do anything penetrative, that is totally up to you. I think what you do and how you share your body is entirely up to you. But I think you need to be aware of the prevailing attitudes, right? So Tristan Talmino, who's a good sex educator, wrote about swingers' parties, and she said that she'd seen little to no anal sex, BDSM, or use of sex toys. She'd seen actually very little besides vaginal intercourse. So I was like, "Mm mm-hmm, okay, let's pay attention to that and just know what you might be walking into. Again, you might have these broad expectations of orgies or kink parties or a a wide array of things happening, and it may not be like that. Yeah, right. What happens, though, when swinging stops becoming this, like, fun adventure on the side and it actually starts to be um, at the detriment of someone's relationship? Yeah, how do you know if it's not working sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah, I think usually the first sign of things not working are some fractures in communication. So people are not um, not speaking so openly or getting a bit snippy with each other. Might be a bit of passag communication happening. Um, look out for non-consensual things starting to happen like, oh, I went on a date with this person that we swang with on the weekend. That doesn't feel like it's okay or things happening that you agreed wouldn't that you'd keep sacrosanct for the couple. Um, Have a look out, keep your eye out for things with other partners becoming more than casual because it's quite common for people to have emotional affairs and that does not feel good and causes a threat to the couple, which is centred in this scenario. Uh, Have a look at problems, you know, are there problems happening in in your couple's intimate life? And check. I think you need to keep checking in because if one person isn't feeling it with the swinging, it tends to not go so well. So zooming out a little bit, are there any particular like places you can go to meet other swingers? Say someone listening is trying to like find the community to 
I guess, swing with? Are there, like, sex clubs in Sydney or what do you think is a great way to start, like, I guess, finding that community? Yeah, how do I go on this big adventure? (laughs) I think Googling's a good start. Um, There are a lot of adult sites with advertisements or groups wanting to get in touch with other swingers. Uh, In Sydney, there was a very famous um, swingers club, the Couples Club, but I think it's closed down right now. Uh, but another good spot to start where they do a lot of um, consent work and different kinds of parties and, um, yeah, sex education is called Our Secret Spot. They're based in Annandale and uh, you can find them on the internet. They are good, very good. Uh, I think, though, when you're Googling around, you're going to see a lot of different sex clubs. They're not necessarily swingers. So I think you need to check and say, is the is the focus on these clubs swingers or are we we're looking at sex on premises or sex clubs because they are a little bit different Mm. and what about like if you're a queer person who wants to swing with their partner is there a queer swing community you know this this was really interesting because i was having a look for this and i could not find um queer swingers gathering yeah no i couldn't um i think even some of the and the attitudes we're talking about above is that swingers tend to be very conservative and focused on heterosexual uh, PNV intercourse. However, things are changing. Uh, I do see changes that things are becoming more, more inclusive of bi-friendly men, but there's still an old school guard, right? So when I was Googling queer swingers parties, because I'm like, right, I want to see what I can find. The things that I got mostly were links to sex on premises sites, gay saunas, or women-only sex parties. I'm not sure I would call this swinging, given everything we've chatted about today, but you could take your partner and go along to these things. So I think people do go to sex parties with their partners and they have fun, but they may not be, like, as we've been discussing, a specific, not the lifestyle, right, <laughs> of swingers. <laughs> I love it. It feels like such a 70s term. I'm in the, are you in the lifestyle? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, but I think when it when when it comes to queering things up, it's a little bit more open. It's um much more about sex parties and consent and safe and exploring. But there might be a lot more. Uh, there might be a lot of different kinds of relationships and types of non-monogamy at play in those parties. Yeah, right. What I, yeah. Well. An interesting chat as ever and hopefully for you listening we were able to shed a bit of light on how like swinging actually works and operates and if it's something you and your partner might be considering some tips to be able to approach the conversation and how to handle the adventure, the lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the lifestyle's for you, who knows? (laughs) Now we'll be back in another fortnight with more Let's Talk About Sex but in the meantime if you have any... Uh, requests for topics or things you want Tanya and I to chat about any questions please don't be shy 0409 945 945 is the number we always read them 